0: So how's everybody doing this morning? Great. Yeah. So uh, the, the joke behind the Hyundai accent was that's that's been my car for the last uh, I don't know five year, five plus years or something like that. It's a great running car, but it's tiny. It's this little you know it's actually a four door, but you wouldn't know it uh, by looking at it from behind. Uh, and no, I don't know if you guys have ever driven a small car or uh, if you've driven like a big car or a sports car. People completely treat you differently depending on the car you drive. I have been cut off so many times in that car. I'll literally be driving down the street, and someone will, will pull up to a corner or pull up to another stop sign or pull up, you know, in a coming out of a, and, and they will see me, and I will literally be feet away from them in my little Honda accent, and they will still pull in front of me and still drive. 10 miles less you know uh, slower than I am like they oh yeah they don't care they don't care the little tiny yeah I want and and then oh here's the other thing I won't honk the horn because it sounds pitiful (laughs) it's awful it it sounds meep meep I mean it literally is this tiny little so anyways I want you all to know because you guys have heard me lament over the Hyundai accent uh, before Uh, my dad uh, blessed me with some money And I went and bought myself a a Jeep Cherokee, a Grand Jeep Cherokee, 2000. So I got a Jeep Grand Cherokee now. Uh, So yeah, so we will be auctioning off the, uh, no, I'm kidding. I do, I feel so much more manly driving the Jeep around. Uh, And you know what, to be honest with you, because it's a a V8 and um, when someone pulls out of the thing, I gun it after them now. And I just feel like I can go flying right over them instead of you know, crashing underneath them. You know. So anyways. Does it have a horn? It has a manly horn. Man, I punch that thing and brr, You know, no. Uh, Nick's going to help me lift it and put even bigger tires on it so I can feel even more manlier uh, than I do right now. So anyways, <laughs> enough about the car. Uh, we've been talking about um, the fruits of the Spirit um, these last uh, two weeks, and um, the the importance of talking about these the fruits of the Spirit is uh, looking at Galatians chapter 5, so if you have your Bibles with you, if you want to open to Galatians chapter 5, um, if you have your uh, tablets or your phones, um, Galatians chapter 5, and... The reason why I wanted to talk about the fruits of the Spirit is because Paul is addressing an issue uh, in the church, and he's specifically talking to, to believers. He's, specific, he's specifically talking to disciples, so this really isn't a message uh, to, you know, unbelievers, uh, people who would not understand or, or had, had never accepted Christ, so he's, he's really talking to the church. And I wanted uh, to talk to you guys all about this because it is so important that us as the church exude these kind of qualities because if we want people to see God the only way people are going to see God is through us. And that is the reason, you know, Jesus left, you know, Jesus came to this earth. He walked in our shoes. He He experienced all the things that we experienced, but he did not sin. See, Jesus had no sin in him. And the only way that someone could stand in our place and die for our sins was they had to be sinless. They they had to be, you know, just like in the Old Testament, without spot or blemish. And so Jesus fulfilled that role in our lives and, and he, he, he you know, goes to the grave, he dies, he conquers death, he rises again, and even kind of walks amongst his disciples again. But then he does something, he leaves. He leaves, and they actually even kind of freak out, like, where are you going? And Jesus tells them, look, do not be afraid. For I go, and I sit at the right hand of the Father, but I will not leave you, I will not leave you orphaned. I'm not gonna leave you alone. I'm going to send my Holy Spirit, and not only is he gonna you know, live amongst you, he will dwell inside of you. See, in fact, Jesus was saying, listen, there's a gift that I'm going to give you that is even better. It's good that I leave. Because if I leave, that means the helper is coming. See, when Jesus was on the earth, when he walked around, it was just the Jesus show. Everybody couldn't wait till he came to town and healed everybody and cast out demons and, and prophesied and all these things, but it was the Jesus show. But Jesus said, Listen, I want to establish my church. And he wasn't talking about a building, he was talking about people. He was saying, Listen, now it's your turn. Now it's your turn. Go into all the world, make disciples of all the nations. Because if I stay here, you're all gonna wait for me to do everything. You're all just gonna follow me around you know, and, and, and expect me just to do everything. He said, listen, I, I, I want it to be bigger than that. I want it to be so much more. I want when people see you, they see me. He wanted to make us part of the story. And when we talk about us being the church, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about that when people see us, they see Jesus Christ. That when people see us, they see the love of God. So back to the fruits of the Spirit. This is how people know that the Spirit of God is living inside of us because we will exude these types of fruits in our life. So really quick, before we hit Galatians, I want to read Psalms 1 to you. It's one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. It's one of my life verses. And I want to read it to you. Psalms 1. Chapter 1, starting in verse 1. You can just listen. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, That brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like chaff, which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the ways of the righteous, but the way of the
1: ungodly shall perish. Listen, if we're going to bear good fruit, we need to be planted by the river of living
0: water that only fr- flows from God's word. That's what uh, David, the psalmist, is saying in this. He's saying, listen, we need to be planted in God's word. We need to be planted in, in his law. We need to be planted in, in who he is. We need to be planted by that, because if we are, then we will, we will sprout
1: Good fruits, we will bear good fruit in our life. So let's head over to Galatians now. Galatians chapter five. Paul's
0: addressing the church, okay? So now we are in, um, you know, uh, this is uh, post-Jesus coming. Um, This is, you know, the, the new church has sprung forth. Now there's these people called Christians, disciples of Jesus who are gathering together and they're starting these little communities and, and they're literally taking over the world. And Paul has now become an apostle. He's become someone who is helping direct the church. Someone helps to speak to the church. And he's writing a letter. And he's writing this letter to the, the church in Galatia. And he's addressing an issue. He's talking to them. He's saying, listen, some of you who have become Christians and you are now saved and you're now walking in that freedom that Christ gives us, you, you're taking it a little too far, because some of them were saying, hey, now that our sins are forgiven, you know, now that we're saved, we can go do whatever we want. We can go live however we want, and we can just, you know, you know, whatever it is, God will forgive us. God will forgive us. And Paul was going, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not the kind of freedom that God is talking about. That's not the kind of freedom that Jesus Christ brings. He doesn't bring freedom to go sin. He brings freedom from sin. See, so you are now free from sin. And then there was this other issue. There were the Jews who had become Christians who were still bound by the law of God. And they were saying, no, no, no. You all who are now becoming Christians, you need to follow you know, to the letter of the law of the Old Testament. And Paul was addressing another issue. He was saying, wait, wait. It's not about that either. It's not about that either. We don't live under the old law. Jesus came to fulfill that law, and now there's a new law, the law of love, the law of, you know, which is all that, you know, what we're going to be talking about, the fruits of the Spirit, He's saying don't get bound by that. You don't have to go, and there was all these, you know, little things that Jews would, you know, do to live under the law, and you say, listen, Jesus came to fulfill that law. He didn't abolish it. He didn't throw it out. It's not that it's non-existent anymore, but Jesus fulfilled it. So now let's jump in. Galatians chapter five, I'm gonna start in verse 16. And this is Paul writing to the church just like us. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires um, that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you're not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. I love that, the, the cartoon, you know? Love the cartoon of the little angel and, and demon sitting on you know, the, the guy's shoulder, and he's, a, you know, he's making a choice, and there's a little angel saying, oh, and then there's a little demon, aha, yeah, go do it. You know, he's prodding him with a little pitchfork and stuff like that. But isn't that life? You know, we make, we, you know, we, we kind of you know, joke about it in cartoon form, but isn't that all of our stories? Isn't that every day that we wake up, are we not faced with, what does my flesh want to do versus what do I feel like the Holy Spirit is leading me to do? You see, my flesh says, I want to sleep another hour. Because I am exhausted, right? The flesh says the minute I wake up, I need a cup of coffee. And by the way, that is what my flesh tells me every single morning. Alright? Star, me and you. Star and I do not drink coffee anymore. We we have IVs uh, that we plug in and no. But the flesh desires things, right? The flesh is constantly telling you what, what you, you need to do or what you want or what, you know, the flesh kind of directs your day. I'm tired, I'm hungry, right? I'm hungry, I, you know, I need, I feel like I need to, the flesh is constantly pulling at you. But then there's the spirit, the spirit telling you, no, listen, there's something better than that. There's something better. You know what? Instead of, you know, hitting the snooze button, maybe getting up and just spending time, spending time with God. You know what, maybe instead of you know, whatever it is in your life. It, but, but there's that constant battle. I want you to know, and I, I, I repent of this every week, but I want you to know that driving in my car tests my limits. OK? Driving in Southern California tests my limits. I have such a hard time uh, being in the spirit while I'm driving my car. Right? I almost just say, okay, God, listen, I'm going to get in my car now. I'll see you on the other end. <laughs> but we all experience those times. Listen, people are going to test you, right? You're going to want to yell and scream at people for doing dumb things or whatever it is. You know, I'm pretty sure you got family. You'd like to just backhand sometimes, right? You know what I mean? We all experience that. But listen, God is telling us, listen, there's another way to live. There's another way to live. It's, it's through the Holy Spirit. Last, uh, last week we talked about, and I'm just gonna recap it really quick for those of you who weren't here. Last week we talked about uh, joy and peace. Joy and peace. These are fruits of the Spirit. This is how we know that the Holy Spirit is in our lives because these are things that, that we will uh, be able to uh, you know, live by. And the first one was joy. And we understood that joy is not happiness. Joy is not happiness, Where does joy come comes from? It comes from our salvation. We understood that that joy comes from our salvation. Joy comes from knowing that I have a future. Joy comes from knowing that no matter what happens today, that I have an eternity to look forward to in the presence of God, that I will not be cast away, that I am part of this family. Joy is understanding our salvation. But what does joy do? Joy. The Bible says that joy of the Lord is my strength. So obviously, it's something you need in difficult times. If you're going through a difficult time right now, you know, I'll tell you, yeah, you may not be happy, but what you need is joy. Because it's the only thing that is going to gird you up. It's the only thing that's going to well up inside of you and say, you know what, I can do this. I can walk through this tough time right now, because I believe
1: what's on the other end. That's right, come on. What does joy bring? Joy brings a future
0: and a hope. Remember, joy is not happiness. Joy is not a feeling, but it brings a future and a hope. And our hope is in Christ. Our hope is in eternity. Our hope is in beyond this this, this world that we can see with our own eyes. Peace. Peace. The Bible is very, very clear about how to obtain peace. First of all, it says, don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. But here's how not to be anxious. When we start getting anxious, what should we do? Well, the first thing we should do is pray. The Bible says pray. And then it says, be thankful. Be thankful. Can I tell you something? When I start going down my laundry list of things that are bothering me, If I go ahead and I, you know, discard that piece of paper and I take another piece of paper and I start listing all the things that I'm thankful for, quickly those other things kind of seem to disappear, kind of seem to fade away. When I really start to think about the things that I'm thankful for in my life, and by the way, I'm thankful for every single one of you in this place. I love gathering in this place with you all. I love it. I want you to know I don't do it out of obligation. I don't do it out of because I I feel like I have to or anything. I do it because I genuinely love you, and it genuinely fulfills me to be with you. Thankful. The Bible also says, let your requests be made known to God. So not just pray, but pray specifically. What
1: is it that you need? God says, ask me. Jesus says, ask anything in my name. And when you do those things,
0: then it says the peace of God that will surpass all your understanding will guard your heart and your mind. Are you an anxious person? Are you a person who stresses really, really easily? Listen, pray, be thankful, make your requests known to God. You start, and by the way, what you're doing is you're fixing your mind on God and you're taking your mind off of those things that are stressing you. It's not, it's not, those things aren't going to disappear. What you're doing is you're realigning your thoughts in the right place. So let's talk about two more, two new fruits of the Spirit this week. The first one is patience. Patience. Anybody in here have got this mastered? Anybody here got patience mastered? Right. Yeah. We live in Southern California. Right? We do not know the meaning of the word patience, OK? We live in fast food. We live in on demand. We live in real time. That's what we live in nowadays. We want it, and we want it now, right? I love uh, you know uh, from the, uh, the movie uh, Willy Wonka and a Chocolate Factory, the character of Veruca Salt. How many remember Veruca Salt? from uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. She wanted it. And when did she want it? She wanted it now. And she screamed at her dad the entire movie, I want a golden goose now. I want it now. And what did, it, what did the dad do? He fumbled all over himself and said, okay, okay, let me get that for you. I'll get that for you. And the poor guy was like sweating. He looked, looked like he was going to have a heart attack, right? He looked like he was going to fall over. And what's interesting is really the, the, the whole meaning behind that movie is I actually looked into the writing of that, and those were all supposed to be kind of these, these characteristics of, of our, our modern-day society, and, and they were you know, illustrated out in this movie. And Veruca was, had zero patience for anything because when she wanted it, she wanted it now. But isn't that our culture now? And, and, don't, and doesn't, our, doesn't our society just keep serving it up on a silver platter for us, right? You want that movie, hey, you can have it right now. You want that burger, hey, you can have that burger right now. Hey, you got a headache, hey, we can get rid of it right now, right? I want it and I want it now. We have zero patience for anything. And by the way, we have zero patience for each other because of it. We have zero patience for our family members. So what is patience? Let's look at
1: James really quick. James chapter one, starting in verse two. James says this, my brethren, Count it all
0: joy when you fall into various trials. Ooh, wait a minute. Let's just stop right there. Are you kidding me, James? My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various
1: trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? Patience. Hmm.
0: But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives it liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, if he is, double, if he is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his
1: ways. Patience implies suffering. When somebody says, be patient, what they're really,
0: really saying is, you're probably going through something really tough right now, and what you need to do is hold on. That's what patience means. And that's why our culture doesn't understand it, because nobody likes to suffer anymore. I mean, I don't want to suffer. but... But James is specifically saying, but when you fall into these trials, when you are suffering, it will produce something. It will produce patience from you. Which, let me tell you something, it's something we desperately need. Because I'll tell you this, God does not live on our timetable. God is not, does not work in the fast food industry. God is not an on demand button. Do you hear me? God lives outside of time. So if you start putting time limits on Him, you're going to be completely, you know, let down. Not because of anything God did, but because you, you know, set up something that just doesn't make sense. He lives outside of time. By the way, He he does everything in His perfect time. There's a story that I, I've shared with you that you know, uh, some friends of mine, including Chuck, who you guys know, we wanted so badly to produce kids' television shows. And it didn't happen. It didn't happen. And I'm telling you, looking back, I'm actually glad it, it, it didn't happen because I, I was not ready for something like that in my life. I was not ready for that kind of responsibility. There was still a lot of pride and arrogance in me, and a lot of my own, you know, chasing my own dreams and desires and things like that. God had a perfect time to give me something that He knew I could handle, and it wasn't then. I was I, I was very distraught when it didn't happen. I was very bummed. I was very broken. I was I I really thought that I had I had failed at something big, and you know that I even kind of had failed God. But God doesn't operate in my time. He operates in his time. He knew I couldn't handle it. He knew it would crush me. He knew it would turn me into a different person. Patience. Patience.
1: Patience. I'm going to give you two two things on patience, if you want to write these down. Patience is only strengthened through trials. Patience is only strengthened in trials. If you're going through a trial right now, better believe your patience is being tested. But listen, do not lose heart. Do not lose heart. Because with patience comes endurance. Endurance. And when we trust, when we truly, truly are patient, and when we truly,
0: truly endure, and we allow God to operate and work in our lives, then we will see the miracles that we're expecting and looking for.
1: Patience. Patience is not something that is taught. It's something lived.
0: It's tough to teach patience. It's tough to tell my my daughters, be patient, be patient. I really can't teach it to them. It's really something you just have to experience. It's something that you have to live. It's something that when your flesh cries out and says, I want it now, that you go, but I'm going to trust in God. And I'm going to trust in God that he's going to give it
1: to me in his perfect timing. Patience. All right, the next fruit of the spirit, kindness, kindness, kindness.
0: It's not about what we deserve. It's not about what we deserve. Kindness, that's what kindness truly means. It's not something that we deserve. 2 Samuel chapter nine, verse three is this story and I'll just read it to you. It's about King David. Then the king said, is there not still someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, there is still a son of Jonathan who is lame in his feet. So the king said to him, where is he? And Ziba said to the king, indeed, he is in the house of Mecher, the son of Emil, in Lodabar. Then King David sent and brought him out of the house of Mecher, the son of Emil, from Lodabar. And now when mashibosetl, 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 Sheth the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David, he fell on his face, prostrated himself, and David said... And he answered, here is your servant. So David said to him, do not fear, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your, for Jonathan your father's sake. And I will restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather, and you shall eat bread at my table continually. Let me, under, let me explain to you what's happening.
1: David became king. And as the right of king, He could have anybody that could
0: challenge him to the throne, he could have them completely wiped out, or he could have them banished.
1: He could have them removed. He did not have to show any type of kindness to anybody who could challenge the throne. But David saw past all of that, and he was confident in who
0: he was, and he was confident in in who God was. And because he had such a strong relationship with with Jonathan, who was the son of King Saul, King Saul had had perished in a a battle along with his son, Jonathan. And David had become king. And instead of seeking out the land and saying, all right, where's all the family of Saul that I can have them, you know, sorry, 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 Sorry. Nick, sorry, Nick's, yep. (laughs) I'm moving way too much up here. Instead of of having all of these family members completely banished or or even killed, it says Jonathan showed kindness to him. The whole point of kindness is is beyond just being nice to somebody. it's, It's offering somebody something when they don't deserve it. That's what kindness is. The Bible says that that God, you know, it it shows this kind of kindness to us. Kindness also, you know, you may have heard it, loving kindness. You know, other other um uh other words for kindness are favor or mercy. David showed favor and mercy and loving kindness all to Jonathan's son. So, first, as I as I kind of wrap this up, first. God's kindness, the the kind of kindness God shows to us is the same kind of kindness that David was showing. We don't deserve it. We don't deserve it because of the sin, because of the the world that we live in, because of the the choices that we make sometimes, God could easily just say, I'm done with you. But he doesn't. He seeks us out just as David sought Jonathan's son out. He seeks us out. And he shows loving kindness, that he says, you know what? Come. I want you to come and eat at my table, the king's table. We, all, we ought to also show this same loving kindness to others. That's how people will see God. That's how people will know that there is a real God, is if they see that same kindness in us. When you offer this type of kindness to somebody who doesn't deserve it, or by the way, it may even never, ever be reciprocated because that's not
1: what it's about. That's what kindness is. That's what loving kindness is. Let me close with just reading that passage of Scripture uh, to you one last time in in Galatians. Starting in verse 22, Galatians chapter 5, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace,
0: Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Are you going to be perfect? No. That's not what God's asking. for. He's not asking for perfection because the only way you will become perfect is through Christ Jesus. What he's asking us to do, what Paul is encouraging us to do is he's just saying, hey, listen, every morning you wake up, choose. It's a choice. Choose to live by the Spirit and not by your flesh. It's a choice that every morning you will have to make. It's a choice that every morning I wake up, am I going to
1: choose to live by the Holy Spirit, or am I going to choose to live by my flesh? We're not ever going to be perfect in this world. We're not. So don't try to be perfect. Just choose. Choose. Choose to allow the... Holy Spirit to lead you, to
0: guide you, choose to allow the Holy Spirit to to work in you, and then people will, will see the love of God through you. They will see these
1: fruits that we're talking about, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Let's pray. Will you guys bow your heads and close your eyes with me? I just want to ask this simple question. I don't ever, ever want to allow a Sunday to go without giving the opportunity of salvation.
0: You see, the reason why we gather, the reason why there is even the church is because God, who so loved the world, gave his one and only son that it says whoever believes in him shall not perish, but they will have everlasting life. you have never ever accepted Jesus as God's son, if you have never ever spoken those words saying, I believe in you, if you have never ever invited him into your life, if you've never asked him to forgive you of your sins, you can do that right here and you can do that right now. If you're saying, you know what? I, I wanna live that life that you're talking about. I wanna live that life by, by the Spirit. You see, when, when, when Jesus comes in and he's the Lord of our life and he forgives us of our sin, then he gives you the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's instant. The Holy Spirit then comes and lives inside of you and guides you, and directs your life, gives you wisdom, helps you make right choices. But if you would say today, you know what? Today's the day. As Romans says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you'll be saved. It's that simple. It's just by simple confession. And if you would like to do that this morning, You've never done that before, or or maybe you've just never, you know, done it in a a setting like this, and you would like to make that decision today. While everyone's heads bowed and eyes closed and kind of the privacy of this moment, will you just kind of slip up your hand just so that I could agree with you, just so that I could see you and be praying for you and be encouraging you. If you would say, today's the day. Today's the day. I'm going to give my heart completely over to the Lord. I'm asking him to come in and forgive me of all of my sins. You can just say that right where you're at right now. You can just say, I believe. Christ, come, forgive me of my sin. I will follow you all the days of my life. Holy Spirit, come, fill me full and direct my life so that I can exude these giftings,
1: these fruits.